Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. A shout goes out to all of you this morning for rising early to join with us this morning. We thank God this morning that when two or three come together in his name, amen, there he is in the midst. So we welcome the presence of the Lord this morning. I feel and sense the glory of the Lord already just, just, just showing up this morning. Amen. I feel his presence. I acknowledge his presence this morning because he's just worthy to be praised this morning. We just come this morning full of joy, full of excitement about the word. I do pray and hope that you came this morning because you're excited about the word. You want to grow. You want to increase. You want to expand. You want to learn, my God, what you actually have access to through the word of God and just knowing, amen, that, that God is a healer and that knowing how he heals and knowing why he heals and knowing, you know, the word that promises his healing this morning so that not only when you are encountering some type of affliction and infirmity or disease or sickness, you know what to do to pray that prayer of faith, amen, to just combat that illness, that sickness, that disease, that infirmity with the word of God. It cannot stand up against the word of God. Even when it comes in like a flood, the word of God, the promise of God is the hope and the standard that it will be over it will be overshadowed and defeated amen and so we thank god this morning for just being able to know the truth and letting the truth sanctify us letting the yes. truth free us this morning then we can stand fast when the reports come and believe the report of the Lord, even though the diagnosis says one thing, but we believe the report of the Lord. We're going to, we're not going to stand there and argue with doctors and say, we don't accept that. We're going to say, we believe the report of the Lord because when I read Isaiah 50 chapter 53 verses three through five, it doesn't say anything about, it. I don't accept that doctor. It says, whose report do you believe? And that ought to be our response. I be, thank you, doctor. I believe the report of the Lord. His report says that we're healed. His report says that we're filled, sealed and that we have the victory. His report said that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him with whose stripes we're healed. So, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for those who have gathered this morning for the school of healing. We pray now, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Ghost, have your way. Teach, instruct us this morning. Bring back to our remembrance this morning. Seal this word in our minds this morning. Amen. That it may be readily available. Let it be hidden in our hearts that when we get a report that is not pleasant, that we will still believe the report of the Lord as we have this word hidden in our hearts. We stand on this word. We build on this word. This is our foundation. Our hope is in the precious promises of God and we will not get forget any and all of his benefits. So we thank you this morning because you said the memory of the just is blessed. Our minds are renewed to the word of God this morning and we no longer conform to the things of this world because we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds through the word of God as we continue this morning to renew our mind concerning the healing of God. Amen. That comes through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And God himself and the Holy Ghost, the Trinity, working on our behalf to make sure, amen, that we are constantly reminded of what the Lord has said concerning our healing this morning. It comes sometimes, amen, after repentance of sins. It opens the door for healing to come in, amen, and take over our bodies, amen, that we may walk in divine health and healing, wholeness and wellness and soundness 
is our prayer and hope this morning in Jesus' name. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hopefully you're excited this morning. Get a chance to hear some good old news this morning, some glad tidings this morning. I tell you, God is just so, so good, so faithful. Amen. Uh, just just give him praise this morning. Just give him glory this morning. Come on in the gates with thanksgiving. Let's go on in the course with some praise. Let's present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God without spotted, without wrinkle. Come on, y'all. Disease-free, infirmity-free, affliction-free, sickness-free this morning. Everything dried up this morning because of the word of God. Everything defeated and destroyed this morning. And we walking in because we proclaim by faith divine health and healing this morning. In Jesus' name, I feel that thing, y'all. Yeah, that bomb of Gilead and fell up in here. Come on, somebody. Embrace that. Grab that. That's a promise right there. Put your hope in that right there. Amen. Look beyond me, the teacher. Look beyond me being Pastor Sharon. Look to him right now. He's our healer right now. And pull down your healing by faith this morning. Just pray a quick prayer of faith. Just say, Lord, I thank you that with your stripes, I'm already healed. You know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever level of healing you want to walk in this morning, just look to him, the author, finish of your faith, and say, with his stripes, I'm already healed. It's already done. Amen. And be it so according to his word this morning. All right, then again, good morning. Welcome to the school of healing this morning. I am Pastor Lester Hayes this morning. I will be your teacher this morning. Amen. And the subject matter that I want to deal with this morning, and please underscore this, the subject matter, everything I'm going to talk about this morning is centered around this particular subject matter right here. Amen. And you will hear this echo throughout my teaching this morning because it's important that we get this point right here. Amen. So the subject matter I'm going to speak from this morning at the School of Healing is this. There are some good impacts and good results that forgiven sins have on our healing. I, I, I want you to hear that. That's not negative. That's positive. Okay. It can have some good impact and good results if we learn to always walk in, in repentance. You know, whether you can think of anything you did wrong or not, practice repentance, you know, build your life, live a repentant life. Amen. The Bible calls it a penitent life. That means you're always asking God to forgive you because you want to keep the door open that when something comes up, you know, it, healing can just walk right in and take care of it for you. Amen. And so that's the impact. That's the result that forgiving, forgiven sins. Okay. Not unforgiven, but forgiven sins can have on your life. And as I don't sit here and say, but I ain't did no sin. If you, if you say that the Bible calls you a lie and say the truth ain't in you and you have your father, the devil. So I'm not here trying to put nobody on the spot. I'm trying to get this door open so that when these reports come in and these things happen, you know, you know what to do, how to keep that door open because that's the door to healing that God opens that no man can open. It's also the door from doubt that he closes that no doubt or no doubters can come in and say otherwise. You know, you, you don't need them friends like Job had always coming in thinking that there's some sin there and even had Job thinking he had sin. This is why we practice living repentance, you know, a repentant life. We just do it. It just should be a part of who we are as believers, as saints, as Christians. And so that's the subject I'm going to be speaking from this morning. This is why we always want to keep the temple of the Holy Ghost clean. That's how you do it. Okay. Clean from the lust of the eye, clean from the lust of the flesh, clean from the pride of life. Please understand how it is often the lack of unforgiveness of sins that can that can and will block our healing. Unforgiveness of sins can also block our salvation and at the same time can block God's power from moving in our lives on our behalf and his anointing can be blocked and it can block God's blessing from flowing into our lives perpetually. Repentance of sins invites healing. It opens the door for our healing. 
It makes the way for our healing. It clears everything out of the way in our lives that stand between us and our healing. It assures our healing. And we want to take a look this morning at a scripture text out of the book of Mark, chapter two, verses one through 12, the King James Bible. And we'll be we'll be we'll be here and building our foundation here. But we'll be going other places in the word this morning also. And so, you know, and when we talk about unforgiven sin, I remember when I got my first diagnosis back in 2003, um, you know, it really had nothing to do with the devil. It was because I had committed a gross sin against my health. And some people might say, well, you know, but that that sin was not really against God more than it was against my health. It was not going that particular sin of doing what I was doing with my body, putting the wrong stuff in there, treating my temple like it belonged to me and not God. It was out of pure ignorance, but it was nevertheless a sin against my health. Mm. And so I need you to understand that gluttony is a sin against your health. You know, eating all this crazy stuff, putting it in your temple. It's a sin against your health. It's not going to put you in hell. It'll put you in the grave. Okay. Mm. And so you need to understand that. And so this is why when I found out I made changes, not all at once at one time, but I start gradually making changes in my lifestyle because I didn't want to keep sinning against my temple. I didn't want to keep putting unclean things in there. So I had to gain some knowledge and learn how to maintain this temple, how to be a steward of it. You know, and God helped me each time, each time. I couldn't bring myself to go rebuking no devils because there were things I was doing that I needed to correct. And those things were within my power to correct them. And so I took care of them. You know, I look on the menu, man, and see this and I wanted it. I got it. Dessert, whatever. You know, lust of the eye, you know. And so, you know, wasn't nobody going to tell me what not to eat. Pride of life, you know. Lust of the flesh. Man, that stuff tasted so good, man. Mm, eating for taste and not for nutrition. All those things, you know, those are sins against your health, against your body. And I was there. I didn't know it at the time. I had to learn later that that's what it was. You know, I dare not blame no devil for that. That was me. You know, I had to blame me. I had to say, this is within my power to, to, to fix, you know. And so I asked God to forgive me and asked God to help me. And ever since 2003, that's exactly what he's been doing. He's been educating this old boy right here, making me a subject matter expert about cancer, diabetes, COVID, you know, so no longer now do I fear or worry about those things because if God heal you once, he'll heal you again. You know, that's, that's who he is. He don't change. He the same yesterday, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight, he the same today and he's the same tomorrow. So amen. So bear that in mind. Keep that temple clean, man. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. God says, tell my people that I am the only one. You've heard this statement before that can put you back together again after sickness and disease, afflictions and infirmities, illnesses have broken you. Okay. I am the only one that can uh, make you whole again. He's talking to America. He's talking to all Americans. He's talking to the church world. He's talking to all of the, the, the rest of the world out there alike. He's talking to no respect to person. This is universal for everybody. He's a healer for the world. You know, he is the healer, you know, and he says, uh, you know, let us take a closer look at healing from a holistic biblical perspective in worldview. So many times we just narrow it down to my family. Oh, my family was, you know, diabetics. Some of them died from 
colon cancer or pancreatic cancer. We just look at our family and we think sometimes because the doctors tell us this when they screen us and the nurses, they ask us a series of questions about anybody in your family died from this, any of them died from this, any of them had this. But we're going to have to broaden our view and not just get conclusive and limited right there, okay? There are things that, that, that I have that my family didn't have. There are things that I had that they didn't have. So that's not always 100% accurate. So we got to broaden our view and have a holistic worldview, a biblical worldview and a perspective of all of these things, amen, that we go through, amen, and not be blaming mama, not be blaming dad, not be blaming, some of it is true, some of it is hereditary, you know, some of the habits we do that they do, eating all that pork, all that pig feet and all them pig ears and all that stuff, man, and your greens and all that. It just clogs up your arteries, man, and it does cause harm. You just can't, you got to do stuff in moderation. You just can't just stuff yourself all the time. You got to break them habits, man, and eat some health, make some healthier choices. Amen. I know it looks good. It smells good. Everybody telling you it tastes good. You got to try this when you go to this favorite restaurant. But hey, you got to think about the damage you're doing to your health, not their health. And you got to have a holistic biblical worldview because this temple don't belong to you and me. It belongs to the Holy Ghost. And there's no one clean thing that should dwell therein. If we put it in there, you can't blame the devil. You can't blame the doctor. You can't blame nobody but yourself like I had to do. I had to come to grips with that. I had to be real with myself. Amen. And so healing, let's talk about healing. I like to define words. I thought about healing. I thought I really knew about healing and I had a little bit of knowledge. And some of you probably have more knowledge about healing than I do because you worked in that profession. I know my wife was, she worked in the wellness clinic and she taught me classes. She knew a lot. Even today, she's still doing that because that knowledge that she gained has not departed from her. It's still active. It's still being used today. So healing, uh, talking about curing or restoring to a sound and healthy condition, it is noteworthy, amen, that the, the Greek word for savior may also be rendered healer. I know I didn't know that until I read this. It is important also to note that Jesus saw himself in both of these roles. And this is seen in his assertions that his power over disease is evident of his power to forgive sins. If he can do one, why can't he do the other? For example, we see uh, the claims more clearly in our scripture text in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 of King James Bible. And we're going to digest and dissect that a little bit so you can see it clearly. Also, throughout the book of Acts, we see the apostles accredited with the power to perform miracles of healing. Over in the book of Acts, we're going to look at that scripture too. Chapter 2, verse 43. Chapter 5, verse 12. Chapter 8, verse 7. Chapter 9, verse 12. Chapter uh, verse 17. And chapter 28, verse 8 of the King James Bible. All in Acts. And why I go over these scriptures and it's so important. This is where the church, were, where they were first called Christians. You know, this is where the this is where the church got her inception and her birth right here. Isn't that amazing? That if the church got her inception and they were called Christian, they were teaching about healing. Obviously, probably because there was a lot of sick people getting ready to be called Christians right. in the church. We see that today. And so this ought to be one of the main stages, one of the main houses where we talk about healing, where we talk about healing power, where we preach about Jesus. Remember, he went into the synagogues preaching the kingdom of God, the word of God, and healing all these various diseases. So that ought to be taking place in the churches today with all this in the place of all this other stuff. We send folks to the hospital when we should be sending them to the church. Bible said, let them call for the elder church that they're being sick among you. I know the church is closed, but that doesn't stop you from calling people and praying for people. 
or visiting people. It, it's, it's no excuse now. Some folk were still going to church regardless and getting people sick. They weren't getting them healed, putting them on sick lists, leaving them on there to die, going to their home, going, reading all them poems and telling all them lies over them. When you should have just went, asked them, do you believe God can heal you? Lay hands on them and on them some more and pray the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith will heal them. God will yes. raise them up. That practice has gone silent. But look at all these places in the book where the apostles did the same thing Jesus had did and anointed them to do, you know, because he wanted his people healed. He wanted them sound. He wanted them healed today. When it comes to healing, the, the, uh, there seems to have been a special order of or chosen kinds of or types of persons in the early church who possessed uh, them diversity of gifts. For example, in our case, case today we're talking about the gifts of healing as we learn about it in the book of first corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 and verse uh, 28 of king james bible and we know about the gifts of healing of the gifts and again in the book of james chapter 5 verse 13 to 16 of king james bible this is not greek to anybody we know about these scriptures of it being a sick among you and it says a good example is elders in the early church who are instructed to anoint the sick with oil and pray in order to promote healing. And they got to do this in the church. The one place it ought to be, if it was, it ought to be today and ought to continue to be. We should never separate ourselves from healing because if we believe in for forgiveness of sin, the same power can heal. So don't be trying to get folks saved and leave them sick. You know, if you get them saved, get sin dealt with, not turn around and, and, and believe, do you believe God can heal you? Amen. Apart from these brief supernatural miraculous healings, we have no further information regarding these healing phenomena. It's all right here in this word. Don't go outside of it. People coming up with all these other ways, all this other stuff. You better be very careful, man, all this stuff that you, you people trying to push off on you, talking about it healed you. And going to these places, letting anybody lay hands on you, you better make sure because you have seducing spirits, enticing spirits. You know, you have demons that get transferred from one. You better be very, very careful about who lay hands. The Bible said, call for the elder of the church. Better make sure them elders are in right standing with God and they're not laden with sin. You know, they're not full of sin because that spirit of sin will come right on you. This morning, we are going to focus on and talk about Jesus as our healer. <clears throat> We are going to, well, let's just go to the scripture. Let me just read the scripture, then I'll break it down for you here. And again, as I said, it's over in the book of Mark chapter two. We're going to start at verse one. It says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. Now, Jesus had been busy going about preaching, teaching, healing, doing some phenomenal things. Now he, he you know, he enters back into Capernaum. Remember now he's on his way to the feast in Jerusalem, but he stops by Capernaum. Amen. And it says here, and it was noise. So they heard about him that he was coming through that because his fame had already gone out. All the other miracles of healing he had did that he was in the house. He was in the house. Man, I thank God. If you've got a house where people gather, church house, your house, anybody house, hospital house, school house, man, we ought to want Jesus to be in that house. We ought to want him to show up. We ought to want his glory and his presence to show up. Some miracles can happen. Some supernatural things can take place. Don't just go in there because your favorite bishop, prophet stopped by to preach and collect the offering and go on to the next church. You better want Jesus up in there. You better want two or three people up in there, man, to gather together in his name so he can show up. It says here, man, that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together. I like that. If Jesus is in the house, many gathered together. He says, and so much that there was no room to receive them. My God, sound like a crowd to me. 
No, not so much as about the door. They was pushing, trying to get their way in there. Boy, I wish I wish we'd have a breakout revival like that where people trying to get in there to see Jesus and not to hear your favorite singer, your favorite entertainer. Come on. You know, but getting in there, man, because they heard Jesus was in there. Word went out that he was in town. He was in the house, you know, gathering for that reason. He said, if two or three gather together in my name, there I am, you know, coming to see Jesus, not me, not you, and not your favorite preacher, teacher. And it says, now here's the deal. Listen at this right here. Now it says, and he preached the word unto them. My God. He, and he preached. Didn't say nothing about healing right now. Okay, because you got you got you got to have some prerequisites here before the healing to take place. It says, and he preached the word to them and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. He preached the word to them. So they brought one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, four people. They better make sure they got enough help to get him to Jesus. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, so many people trying to get in there, man, to hear that word, number one. They uncovered the roof where he was. Now, this is he in this house. This is somebody else's house. I think it was Jesus' house. They tore the roof off. Jesus wasn't concerned because you can always build another house. Amen. But you can't always get this supernatural healing. You got to be in the place where it's taking place, where Jesus is at, where his presence is at. Roof where he was. Listen to what it says. Where he was. And when they had broken it up. See, Jesus don't mind you tearing down all this stuff built by hand. All these false ways and false teeth, false prophecy. If you're trying to get to him, because he can give you material to rebuild your house. You know, but if you're trying to get to him, that ain't no big deal. Now, if you're doing it for other reasons, all of it is a mist. It don't matter. You know, so you're left. You're left with a tore up house. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, my God, preaching the word, he saw their faith because you have to understand faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they heard. So he saw their faith in response. And he said unto the sick of palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He heard the word. Jesus saw their faith. Bam. The sins got forgiven. Okay. But there were certain of the scribe. I always got them religious folk with that religious mindset. Seeing is believing and they don't believe because they say, I die them and I see it. I, you ain't going to believe, see it until you believe it. You know, that's faith. Scribes sitting there. Oh, they, I could just see them not sitting over there rubbing the chin, one hand across the chest, man, like, I really don't believe that. That's, that's fake. It's something. It's, man, Jesus is in here doing miracles, man, because the Jews required that. So he's meeting their requirement according to their law and reasoning in their hearts. Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemy? Now they got They got to come out, man, and speak against it. Remember, he said, who believes the report of the Lord? This is you know, who, who, whose report do you believe? Now, who else reported they're going to believe seeing these miracles? Their own? The doctor? You know? Or are they just creating problems because they're jealous or envious? Who can forgive sin but God only? <laughs> Jesus can. He is God. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, they're like, he don't know. He's all knowing, man. He already knew their thoughts, but that wasn't going to stop him from healing them sick folk. Because there is no sickness on this earth <coughs> that heaven don't have the, re have the means to solve. And Jesus knew that he wasn't going to get thrown off by what was in their hearts, what the looks on their face. He said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? He's he healing folks, ministering the word, and at the same time, he's dealing with what's in their heart. Whether it is easy to say to the sick of palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know, here it is now, that the Son of Man has power on earth. Listen to this. 
to forgive sins. Now, that's what he said them first. He saith to the sick of the palsy, knowing that your sickness has a relationship to where you was at last night or the night before. So he ain't letting him off the hook. You're going to get my healing? You got to give up that sinful lifestyle. You got to open the door to it, sir. You got to repent. Your sins be forgiven you. Didn't even give him a chance to think twice about it or to reconsider. He just hit him with it right away. I say unto thee, you know, tells him right there, you know, arise and take up your bed and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed and went forth before them all. Now he walking right out by them, bed under his arm. They looking at him, you know, like, man, I'd have been, my God, what a sight, man. You know, four of us bought this joker in here, tore up somebody's house. Now he walking out of here on his own. Talk about a miracle. That's how people ought to be doing when they come to the church, getting healed, getting rid of stuff, offloading weights and sins that's so easy to beset them. Now they're walking out of their man free. Just like the beggar went into the temple with Peter and them in Acts the third chapter, got his healing, went in there jumping, shouting, dancing, leaping with joy. That's how, that ought to be the response to people, man, instead of being on a sick list from week to week, every Sunday the announcement, the sister, brother, getting up there, secretary, reading their names. Remember sister so-and-so, remember brother so-and-so. We ought to be blowing them lists up, man, because of the power of God. We ought to be inviting Jesus to come in the house and destroy them lists so people can get up, man, and come to church, physically be in church, worshiping and praising God. So we see what happened, and he walked right by them. But I love what it says, and immediately he arose. Look at that. That healing was like, boom. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth uh, before them all in so much that he were that they were all amazed, listen to this, and glorified God. It ought to bring a praise. It ought to bring that kind of response, you know, if you know that he's a healer, you know, you know, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitudes resorted unto him, and he taught them. So Jesus didn't lose his focus. He knew that teaching the word before Bought this sick person in, they got healed. He knew that there was a connection to teaching the word. Why? God sent his word to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. Jesus is walking in that. He's walking in that that the Father sent him there to do. You know. And so, you know, we see here in the scripture text just this that we just got through talking about. How Jesus Christ, how his power to forgive sins and the impact of forgiveness of sins had on their healing. And we have uh, on our healing today that, that that same word has impact on it. That same forgiveness have impact on it. We got to run to walk in that repentance, walk in that forgiveness. Yesterday it had impact. Today it's having an impact. And forever tomorrow it's going to have an impact. The setting here is that we see in this text is that Jesus Christ had returned to Capernaum. Okay. Many, many months later, he had been out doing a lot of work in the synagogues, a lot of healing. Now he comes back to the, to, to, to the, to the house there in Capernaum and the people follow him and they come to him. So Jesus had returned home where we find crowds are waiting for him. Uh, we heard the good, they heard the good news about him, about his miracles of healing. They flooded, you know, his home immediately trying to get healed, but they had to listen to Jesus Christ preach the word first. Why the word first, pastor? That's the prerequisite for their healing was to be forgiven of their sins first, first things first, by coming to Jesus Christ first and hearing what he had to say first what was required to have their sins forgiven first without possessing a sincere, desperate faith in Jesus Christ's power to forgive sins first, followed by him 
healing them next. Then their faith was a faith that was not, it did not work without that. But real faith in Jesus Christ's power to forgive sins first and heal them next is faith that will not quit. They didn't quit, man. They tore that house up. They saw the crowd at the door. They didn't give up. See, that kind of faith, they would not quit. Just saying that I believe he's a healer and not doing any work. He said, by, he said, work without faith is dead. So some people got faith, but that's all they got is just faith. They don't do nothing else. You don't hear them say, I believe the report of the Lord. They don't do nothing. They say, I got faith. I believe. You know, well, go on and praise him. Go on and glorify him. Go on and do something. You know, talk to the Lord. Talk with the Lord. These folks here, man, they did some work, you know. They did some work. That faith never quits. And if it's real faith, it'll never quit. It'll keep on believing, trusting, hoping, being assured, you know, looking for it to happen, expecting it to happen. So let's look at the reality of being forgiven. Before we look at the reality of being healed by Jesus Christ, our healer and our Lord and Savior, Jesus saw their faith. That's important. And as a result, he forgave their sins first. Now they are ready to be healed. When you forget your sins out the way, now you're ready to be healed. Don't reverse the order. But I don't care how many alligator tears you cry. You got to get rid of stuff that caused the the sickness, you know, and at least acknowledge it, you know. But there is always that question that arises about being forgiven. There is always that religious spirit and mindset trying to reason over God's power to supernaturally heal the sick. Questions centered around who have the power to forgive sins? Man, forget that. Who cares as long as we get them forgiven? So I get in line for my healing. Forgiveness of sins cleared the way for healing to take place in that day today. And it will be the same tomorrow because he doesn't change. We have to know the true source of being forgiven. If we ask him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Not some of it, all of it, according to your word, Lord, in the book of first John chapter one, verse seven through verse nine, the King James Bible, which says this. But if ye walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, talking to somebody right now, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. Whatever we do, don't doubt God. That's a sin. Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. That's a sin. The Godhead bodily. That's a sin. The Trinity. That's a sin. It opens the door for blasphemy instead of healing. That's why we ought to just repent often. Okay. Jesus himself revealed in the text that he knew the hearts of men. So it wasn't no fooling him. Come straight or don't come at all. Jesus himself went to them to reveal his godlike wisdom and fearlessness. He wasn't afraid of their sickness. He wasn't afraid of disease. He knew where the healing came from. He knew that God had anointed him to go about doing that. You got to know that when all the sin is removed, all the weights are gone, and you know that you're in right standing with God, there is no limit to what God will do in your life and with your life. He will use you, you know. We learned that in the book of Mark, chapter 16. 
You know, you ain't got to have no title. You ain't got to go to four years of seminary. If God want to use you and put gifts on you and use you, let him use you. But you got to make sure the temple is taken care of. You got to be a good steward over the temple. He goes on to say, Jesus stated that his purpose to prove his messiahship, that he is the son of man. That's what he was doing. <coughs> you know, Jesus proved that he had the power to forgive sins, a proof that he has the power to heal. First things first, proving and showing them the impact that being forgiven of their sins would have on their healing. He showed it to him. He proved it to him. The man that was sick now walked before all of them. There's the proof, living proof. How? Because he was forgiven of his sins, healed of his infirmity, his sickness, and his disease. The results, we know we talk about the results. We talk about the who's here. We talk about the what's here, the how here. And now we see the result. The crowd marveled, and they went on and praised God. The proper, appropriate, and acceptable response. We don't see that today in the house where there's sick people. We don't see it today in the church where they say there's preachers that are preaching the gospel. We don't see any of this activity. But what we do see is a, a long list read of all these people that's absent from church today on a sick list. And we'll get the update. Well, they, they passed last night in their sleep. Next week, we'll read that. You know, instead of praising God and that, you know, that he's able to heal. We got to talk that up in the church. We got to build that up in the church. You know, so that some brother, some sister, some deacon, some elder, when church is over, will head straight to the hospitals, head straight to the nursing home and carry them the message from the pastor that day that said, man, we talked about healing today like never before. God sent me here to tell you, bring you a copy of this so you can listen to this so I can lay hands on you. I got my little vial of oil right here. Me and the sisters out here, we come to pray up in here, man, to pray this spirit of sickness and death and infirmity up out of this room. Do you believe God can heal you right now? Well, we, we praise God today for your healing. Don't happen anymore. That, you know, we give, we give the inappropriate proper response, you know, to it. You know, keep sister so-and-so in prayer. Keep brother so-and-so in prayer. They said they're on the last leg, but we know God is able. And that's about it. That's about it, you know. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and had all things common. Now, this is in the book of Acts, the second chapter, verse 41, 44, the King James Bible. Look at what he's saying now. They don't witness all this stuff. So they're not changing this message of the script pressure. They're going right on in the house that they're working in, they're preaching in, and signs and wonders is following them, just like it did Jesus, because they're doing what Jesus did, what they saw. They ain't trying to rewrite the script. They ain't trying to introduce nothing new. They believe in that if, if, if Jesus can, if God can anoint Jesus to do that, God can anoint them. They held positions in the church. They didn't want people, man, to, 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 to not have what God had for them. They wanted to get it to the people. They were anointed to do it. You know, God selects certain people and puts certain gifts in them. Not, you know, not everybody for healing. Some, there's a diversity of gifts. And if he ain't called you to, you know, to, to walk in the gift of healing, don't be trying to fake it to make it. Pushing people down, knocking people down, you know. No, just let the Holy Ghost do the work. That's right. You know, he, he'll, he'll cause whatever gift to function. You don't have to make it up. 
The fifth chapter of the book of Acts, remember we went over these scriptures earlier now. Remember what we said took place? We're just breaking them down now. The fifth chapter, verse 12 of the King James Bible says this. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now, we remember Solomon's porch. Remember Jesus went there? Yes. Remember the man was there for 38 years, couldn't get in the pool, couldn't get in the water. Now, here the apostles, Pastor Sharon, going right to the same pool. Same pool. You know what I'm saying? Jesus had been there. Now they going there, probably because they had some sick family members there. You know, they getting up out of, the, out of the churches now. They getting out the four walls. They going to these places where the sick people were, where there was a need for healing. You know, that ought, that ought to be our focus sometimes, you know. You know, praying for people to be healed, but not dealing with their sin. Not even asking them. Don't want to offend them. Afraid to ask them. You know, are you saved? Have you repented lately? You know, you think that, you know, there's, there's a reason why this, this sickness came. Can you think of anything? It's okay to do that. You know, I, I love it how these apostles went right there to that, to that, to that same point where Jesus had been yes. when he came. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, the King James Bible says this. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now, remember, Jesus was preaching the word. Here, Philip them now, wherever they go going, they saw the power of preaching the word. They saw what happened after preaching the word at that house. So they're, they're saying, man, we want to see this same power show up. So we got to preach this same word. And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spake, hearing, because faith cometh by hearing, and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, uh-uh, and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Mm. My God, boy, look at that. Powerful. This, now, this is what ought to be taking place. If you got believers in the city, you got churches in the city, <coughs> some miracles ought to be in the city, some healing ought to be in the city. Some folks ought to be getting better. And praise ought not to be just praising somebody just to be praising somebody because you got a great musician. No, you're praising God because you see the miracles taking place. And God is doing the miracles in the house. And, and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. You know, you got to have your eyes open by God so you can see. These people within the house had their eyes open. Mm. They went out telling folk. These apostles saw it. They heard it. They went out doing it. They didn't change it. They just went out believing and did it. And Ananias, let's see, let's see how they were able to do it now. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. Did that word go again? Into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, listen to what he said. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, have sent me that thou might have received thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is how they were able to do it. They got filled, sealed, healed with the Holy Ghost, and they went out in victory. Now they go out and help other people, man, receive that victory. You know, the Holy Ghost, God with them, the Trinity, you know, the Godhead body, all in one, you know. And he goes on in the book of Acts chapter 28, uh, verse 8 and 9 of King James Bible. And it came to pass, it will, that the father of the of, of, of Publius, now Publius was a very wealthy man. 
He was a Christian man, very wealthy. And when Paul and them was going about, the apostles were going about, he welcomed them. He opened his house to them. I mean, they had, they had house meetings, man. Miracles took place. You know, he didn't let his money blind him. He didn't let the God of this world blind him. He saw the power of God. He was a man of faith, had a lot of money, very wealthy guy. And he was very hospitable, kind gentleman. So, you know, money don't have to harden your heart. Money don't have to turn you into somebody else. You know, one of the things I know about money is money is an amplifier. If there's good in you, it'll amplify the good. If there's bad and selfishness in you and pride, it'll amplify that too. For this particular wealthy man, it opened him up, man, his generosity. He opened his house because he knew these possibles going from house to house, man, doing ministry. And he wanted them to be comfortable. He fed them. He took care of them. He gave them lodging because they were there for a few days doing these miracles and teaching. And his father was sick. And he brings them into his house and turned them loose on his father. He says in Publius, his father lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid hands on him and healed him. So when, his, when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed. Now, let me describe how this happened. Remember, Paul is on his way, man, to testify to Caesar. And they encountered a storm. And the ship ended up being torn to pieces and shipwrecked on an island. Remember, Paul put his hand in the fire and the serpent latched onto his hand. Well, this is this man lived in that place right there on that island. And he had 278 people on that ship. None of them drowned because Paul got a word from the Lord in the spirit the night before and told him, don't jump ship. They threw all the materials off the ship. But all of them came to shore with broken on broken pieces. Now, all these 278 people is at this man's house while Paul is healing his father. What, what am I saying, Pastor? They believe in what Paul, what Lord had gave Paul to say. Now, they following Paul. They done seen this serpent, this viper on his hand. He didn't die. Normally, people die in seconds after that poisonous viper. But, 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 but look at what the Lord said. If you drink any deadly thing, any poisonous thing, it will not harm you. That's in the book of Mark chapter 16. Signs and wonders follow those who believe. In my name, you shall cast out demons, lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. If you drink any dead and poisonous thing, it's not going to harm you. You go read the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 16 through 17. And you speak with new tongues. Mm -hmm. And so you hear Paul now, all those people just survived the shipwreck, you know, 278 of them going to a pupil's house. He feeding them, lodging them, because they got to get another ship. These are prisoners. These are prisoners, but they're not being treated any different. The Lord don't discriminate just because you're a prisoner. It was no way these people now were going to leave Paul. <clears throat> they were going to go on and do that time. They were able to do it now because they don't see miracles. They were leaving now. And so, so Paul do this miracle at Publicus house and heal his father. Amen. And it takes a special order of person in the early church possessed with special gifts of healing. We see this right here with Paul. And it says in others too, you know. Mm. And so, but I don't want you to focus on the gift. I want you to focus on the one who gives the gift because that's where the power is at. The gift is just a means for him to flow through you so that people recognize that there's something different. It's not just ordinary. Because if it was, then people would be following people for the wrong reason. It's got to point to God, Okay. To another, faith he gave in the same spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the same spirit. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles. Listen to what he says. 
after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now let's deal with this just for a second. It says after that miracles. So all these folks running around here, man, talking about they're an apostle, talking about they're a prophet, they this, they that. Where the miracles at that come after that? Now that's what he said. Now you, you can validate the authenticity of what they say by this right here. That's why, see, you don't need no more of these people calling the, themselves this and th that. You understand what I'm saying? Because right here, this is what he gave to the church right here in that day. You don't see it today, even though people say they, they call themselves that. They get, they, get, they get that part. They get the titles. But where's the miracles? People being on a sick list for years is not a miracle. Being put on a sick list and be left there till you die is not a miracle. The gifts of healing is not putting people on a sick list until they die. Helps. Not going to visit the people while they're in the hospital or sending somebody, okay, is not of God. Okay? You see it right here. Governments. The Bible said the government shall be upon his shoulder. You're not seeing it right now. And we're not holding people accountable to it. We just let them do whatever. Lean to their own understanding. Listen to what he says. And diversities of tongues. I love that word diversities because right now in this country, you have a very diverse population out there. What am I saying? That God can use those tongues of that diverse population out there. Don't think it's just going to be you because you white or I'm black or whoever. God uses whoever he wants to. Yes. You know, no respect to person. You know, no respect to person. Where are the church elders with power to lay hands on the sick and pray? It says in the book of James, as we get ready to close, the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, the King James Bible. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. That's the first thing. Is any merry? Let him rejoice. Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Be very careful. Make sure that they're not just an elder in title, but they got a lifestyle that's free of sin. They ain't smoking cigars and coming up and then choking the rest of the life out you because they got that stuff all in their clothes, suits and whatnot, them cigarettes they done smoked out there in the parking lot, being a parking lot attendant. And let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Make sure that that oil they put on you is olive oil, high-grade olive oil. Some folks, man, don't understand that. They just grab some oil. It could be chicken grease. It could be fish grease. You make sure, you know, a lot of people try to practice these things in the church, but they don't teach them that the oil that they used was, was high-grade olive oil, and that oil had been prayed over. It was anointed for that purpose, that use only. You know, I've seen people come in with all this here incense, and I'll be like, man, what stuff smells so, it's got all them chemicals in it. It's high-grade, pure, just simple olive oil. All that old perfume up stuff, man, you know, no skin breaking out on, on you and all that stuff, man. People trying to be cute and uh, fancy and all that. No, simply because the olive oil ain't got no power in it. It's just you're doing the ordinance. You're doing what it says do. So be very careful there, okay? You know, uh, you know, and he says, you know, uh, let them come and, you know, pray that prayer of faith. That prayer of faith is going to heal you and God going to raise them up. And if he have committed sins, you can't overlook that. They shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another yes. and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much in that order. 
Get rid of the sin so you can be healed. And now pray the effective fervent prayer of the righteous and it shall avail. Uh, when we can't find the praying elders, then we are the praying believers. If we can't find the praying elders in the church that's living right, sin free, you know, pray themselves, got a prayer life, love God, serve God, got clean hands and a pure heart. Then guess what? You be the praying believer because signs and wonders follow those who believe according to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 16, 17. So be the praying believer. If you can't find the praying elder and you probably won't find too many of them these days, they all into everything. They're doing everything. They love that title that's been put on them, but they don't have the lifestyle and the character to match the profile of these elders in the early church. But they're trying to lay hands on people out of habit, you know, don't have no faith. Uh, the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 through 20, the King James Bible says it this way. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what Jesus preached. Signs and wonders followed him. Healing miracles took place. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. No chance of getting healed. And these signs, listen, shall follow them that believe. Not the apostle, prophet, that list of gifts that we saw earlier. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not maybe. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them this way, he, a bunch of believers, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God where he's at right now. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. No long rangers out here. And confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now nowhere in there did he say apostles did this. Prophet he said believers. So if you can't find the praying elder. Then you become the praying believer. And let God use you. He says, herein, our love is made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. Don't be getting ready to go before God and you ain't did nothing. No good works following you, nothing. You know, you know, because if, if we're going to be like him, then let's do what he said we supposed to do, you know, so we can have what he said we can have, you know, so that others can have access to it too. All right, last verse right here in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 9 through 14, the King James Bible, and we'll bring this school of healing to an end and pick it up next week. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Yes. And how sayest thou then, showeth us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, 
that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. Yes. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you right now that our sins are forgiven. We ask you right now to forgive us of all our sins. Cleanse us of all our unrighteousness that the door may be open, that the spirit of healing may come in. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, anyone on this line, family members of anyone on this line, that right now laying on a bed of, of language in a hospital, a nursing home, struggling with some illness or sickness, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Ghost will pay a visit to them and touch them and convict them if there is sin, if they're still smoking cigarettes, still drinking alcohol, still doing lust of the eye, pride of the life, lust of the flesh, things that are blocking them right now from that healing. God, I pray that they will acknowledge it before you and repent and ask you for forgiveness, that the door can be opened, that the reward and the results, Lord God, of that forgiveness, of that sin, will come in and bring about divine healing, supernatural, miraculous miracles taking place. And that, Lord, it will be voiced abroad that when the nurse went in, she saw one thing, but the next time she went in, she saw something else. She saw a man or a woman on their feet, praising God, on their bed with their hands lifted in the air, thanking God. And they too join in and glorify the Father which is in heaven. God, we're praying that today in every church service, that these kinds of revivals and outpourings of the Holy Ghost will show up that the sick list that have had your people bound will be destroyed and blown up because someone Lord, had enough nerve to open the Bible and turn to the word and begin to preach the gospel as Jesus did and miracles of healing fell in the place and people were healed. People were set free. They were delivered and they got up and took their beds of affliction, Father, and they went forth telling everybody about Jesus, how he had healed them, how they once were blind, but now they see, how they once, Lord God, was sick, but now they're healed, now they're whole, now they're well. Father, we're praying for a restoring of this type of gospel. We're praying, oh God, that signs and wonders will begin to follow those who believe again. And in your name, God, they'll cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. God, we thank you. Now free us from wearing the titles, Lord God, and there's no miracles following. There's no healing, Lord God. There is no works, God. There's no government established, God, according to your word. God, we're praying in the name of Jesus that you bring us back to a fear and a reverence of God, that we don't preach ourselves, but we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's the power of God under salvation. And we preach repentance, that people will ask you to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them of all their unrighteousness, that they may be healed, that they may be whole and well and sound. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor right now in Jesus' name, that this word will go forth and not return void. Let it fall on good ground. Let it make a difference right now that people may again believe that they can walk in your divine health and healing because you are still our healer. You was, you are, and you always will be. Let us look to you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are finished this morning with the School of Healing this morning. We give God praise. We're going to go right to our comments this morning, starting with Pastor Sharon. Amen. Pastor Sharon, followed by our pastors, Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe. Praise the Lord. I just want to give God thanks this morning for his...